0: Good morning, everyone. So um, there's a beautiful quality of uh, of stillness that is uh, deepening. Can you can you feel it um, in the hall? The, it, just in the quality of silence, it's really lovely. Um, as as the meditation retreat goes along, and and this uh, capacity to be present with experience develops, there's just a depth of presence that uh, we can feel in the in the group. Uh, it's it's a really it's a beautiful part of retreat and. A beautiful part of what develops. And it's It's something that each one of us is a part of, and, and, and yet it's something also which is greater than us individually. Something we experience uh, as a community, as a Sangha. <clears throat> I'd like to give um, a teaching this morning uh, about being with strong emotions. So so when I say strong emotions, I'm mostly talking about (coughs) difficult emotions. All kinds of experiences come up in meditation. It's not just um, it's not just pain, uh, but but uh, in the beginning of practice, it's it's not unusual. It's um, it's more common than not that the things that we've been turning away from in our lives begin to surface. Mm. But as as time goes on or even right in the beginning we have experiences of, of peace of, uh, of presence of, of the mind becoming calm and quiet of joy arising um, even of something that we could call bliss which is an experience in the body of, uh, of delight so these come and they go and they're, they're beautiful and they're, they're wholesome and they, they nurture our practice. They, it's like water for a plant. They, they, um, they really help us to keep going. Um, we can't cling to them. And, um, and, and actually one of the uh, qualities about the beautiful experiences that come up in, in our meditation practice and in our lives as our meditation is developing is that uh, in these experiences of joy and um, and love that, that just arise um, openings of the heart, openings of the senses that there's not clinging to the experience in that moment uh, that's, that's part of what makes them so, uh, so beautiful, so delightful that the mind is not trying to get something, you know, for ourself. We're just open, present, alive in that. Now sometimes when we think about it, the mind goes back and wants it again, so there, clinging can come up around it, but in the moment it's not. So, so these, uh, these experiences do arise in practice and they're very much woven through our practice. Um, And um, what I want to talk about this morning Is being with difficult experiences, painful experiences uh, Emotions that arise Either on the cushion or off the cushion So this practice that I'm going to uh, describe um, Is given the acronym RAIN R-A-I-N and um, yeah, maybe you're familiar with it. Uh, it's <clears throat> the Buddha. The Buddha said once that that in his practice before his his uh, awakening, if he felt a strong desire or a strong emotion, he would stop in the middle of what he was doing even mid step and turn his attention to the arising and passing away of this experience so he deeply would experience the impermanence the impermanent nature of whatever it was that was going, moving through him and um, and so this is not something that you can do if emotions are coming up you know um, maybe you know while you're in the middle of doing something or at a business meeting or you know it you do have to stop and really be able to turn your attention inward though so you might do it afterward you might but it it helps us to learn to be present with um, these uh strong arisings of, of, um, of difficult emotions. So, um, so the first letter in RAIN is R and, uh, and this stands for to recognize. So if, if anger comes, somebody said something, did something, anger arises so the first thing is that we recognize it so so that takes mindfulness it takes that capacity to be present enough to not react not just lash back in anger but to I think in the body when we're really attentive in our bodies we can feel whatever it is the, the uh the clenching in the heart, or the, or the feeling of fire, you know, uh, that comes, or the something in the throat, perhaps, if we want to, if we feel we want to, uh, kind of give some kind of hurtful retort. So, so there's a recognition, and that that really takes attention, and and presence. The second letter in rain is a and that stands for acceptance so we feel it and instead of slamming the door on it which is what i felt that you know i would always do in my mind before i began you know something negative would come up and immediately you know a, a judgment would come, and I'd think, "No, you know, no anger, no you know, no judgment, and I'd slam the door on it in my mind and uh, and turn away so so it's like that Rumi poem I read you know open the door, open the door, greet greet them at the door, laughing is the is the actual line from the Rumi poem um, so acceptance, and it's that quality of warmth, of friendship, that, um, that we've been talking about, that is a, an integral part of mindfulness. So, so, greed, jealousy, anger, ill will, um, arise. Uh, it's just, um, that's just what's coming through. That's just coming through because of causes and conditions of our lives. Yeah. For whatever reasons, we, we have patterns of reactivity, or I won't even say we have them. I don't want to put this sense of possessing, or that they somehow they are us, but there are patterns of reactivity that have established themselves in this in this body-mind and so they arise, they're triggered, they arise acceptance and then the third is investigation inquiry so that's that attitude of being present with, you know, we could we could even say curiosity. Um, what is this? What is this energy of anger, of greed, of of ill will, of judgment, and the the way the. A very, very fruitful way to investigate it is in the body. Where do I feel it? Do I feel it in the heart? Do I feel it in the belly? Do I feel a tingling in my arms and hands? Um, You know, I've noticed that sometimes when fear comes up, I feel it in my arms and in my hands. Um, So, what is it? it's it there's a certain quality to it and And when we bring this investigative, curious mind to the experience, we notice that it's moving, it's shifting, even as we observe. because remember, mindfulness is a way of being with experience which is not grasping, not resisting so it gives it space to just move and um, emerge and pass away because why does it pass away? because it's the nature of all things to to move, to change to arise, to pass away Mm -hmm. that's that's something really deep that we learn through direct experience in our meditation practice even such neutral experiences as the breath as simple body sensations such as tingling um, pressure, all of these are changing in our experience. Um, and so so as we observe these uh, these strong emotions, we can be present with them with the confidence, in a way, with the trust that they're not going to be inexhaustible. they're not going to stay forever. Sometimes, when we open to sadness or grief, um, we, we're afraid that, you know, it's just going to take up residence in our being. When we open to fear, we think, you know, it's just gonna be here forever. If I, if I open the door to it, it's gonna take over my whole being and it will never leave. But that's not what happens. It may be strong and it may come through a lot. Uh but it does move, change and eventually subside and and pass away. You know, maybe it comes back. Maybe it it uh peter's out for the most part. I remember um about uh, five years ago, five and a half years ago, someone very close to me died suddenly and um, And there was a deep, deep grief that just was was so strong in my in my body, in my mind and um and I was so grateful for my practice at that time because uh, I knew that if the mind went into stories about, you know, why did this happen, and if only, and, uh, and why couldn't this have happened, and, and what if I had done something different, I knew all of these would lead me astray. I knew all of these would um, kind of hold me to the grief more intensely, would bind me, would be a way of identification with it, would be a way of making a story about it that would live in my mind and play over and over. And so in a, just in a very visceral way, it's like this grief was present in my body, uh, in my heart, and and I just was with it. Uh, it was like being on a grief retreat, um, and uh, and then over over time, you know, I noticed oh, there's spaces sometimes. It, the grief the grief uh, kind of retreats a little bit and and there's a bit of openness and and then sometimes a bit of peace, a bit of uh, even even um, a capacity to to take joy in simple things in life and so so I um, I just uh, met the grief and, and was with the grief and, and honored the grief because the grief actually, that I realized, came from a place of love. If I didn't love this person, you know, I wouldn't have felt grief at, uh, at his death. And then the N in RAIN is non-identification. So, non-identification is about not seeing that somehow this anger, this grief is, is who I am. Not making it a solid thing, not again, not making it into a story of uh you know this this happens to me, you know, and it's something about me we we take our experiences and we um, we really uh, when when we're not. When we're not being mindful, and people who um, don't have a spiritual practice take their experiences to be a self—that it's—it's about, you know, what I am, who I am. If I if I experience pain, it's because, you know, I must deserve it, or um, uh, you know, or I'm not capable of. Experiencing peace or joy, so um, it's just arising because of conditions of the life of our lives, that um, that certain things have come up, we've learned certain things, but there's nothing that is permanent in it. All things are always evolving, changing, becoming something else. So, so you know, in um, in my experience of grief, you know, thoughts could have come that could have taken hold in the mind of, you know, I failed. That would have been somehow identifying, making an identity out of this grief. I failed this person, or um, or. or they failed, that he failed, you know, that uh, that somehow he did something wrong, or society did something wrong. All of these are ways of making a story, making something solid, um, uh, and um, somehow separate, permanent, uh, out of something that is really a dynamic, emerging um, experience. Um, If I make a story, if I solidify uh, as a self around um, my grief, I can't... it won't continue to evolve. You know, I learned something so important from that experience um, I learned that love never dies that the love that I I feel for that person is still alive in me and so uh, that that was if I had solidified around a story I never would have been able to learn that and that That's still um, that's that was that was really an important learning for me in my life. That that even even if we're not with somebody, even if they're uh, they're far away or or uh, or or have died, you know that love is alive. That love never dies. If we if we if we don't attach that love to the physical presence of the person if we can, if we can have enough of a, a lightness in the way that we hold things in our lives that we don't require the physical presence of, of a, a person to be kind of the object of that love but, but actually just experience the flow of that love then that love can live beyond death mm. so recognizing that means being present attentive aware in the moment accepting opening the door inviting it in not, not slamming the door not saying I'm not allowed to feel that I mustn't feel that, I'm. You know, that's wrong. Um, accepting, inquiring, investigating, being curious, especially in the body. You know, in the body is is um, it's it's silent in the body. You know, when we're. It's not that. It's not that thoughts are bad or the mind is somehow uh, you know not an important part of who we are but it's that we're so much in the mind that um, and 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 our minds just take over uh, the way that we experience uh, the events of our lives and and uh, and the flow of Feelings and and uh, experiences that arise, that you know that really making a practice of being in the body um, provides a, a really important counterbalance, and um, and and in the and in the silence of the body, in the in the dynamism and energy of the body, and and in the things slow down in the body whereas in the mind it's just going so fast but in the body we really have the capacity to look to observe to see how things move because they stay in a certain way in the body that we can be present with them Um, and the non-identification now it's not this feeling of grief this feeling of sadness of, of irritation Of judgment You know, all of these things It's not me or mine It's just something that's That's coming through And, uh, and so So we have space It gives us space To really be with it Does anybody have any question or um, something you'd like to comment on? Anything come up for you as I'm talking that you'd like to share? I appreciate being reminded of the non-identification, because I can easily, in you know, a flash, buy into whatever story might be playing in my head when strong emotions arise. So I just really appreciate being mm-hmm. reminded Great. not to identify with it. That's yeah. not—it's not me. It's just something that's passing through. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. second that, and also just again, it's that line between, so for example, if anger arises, and I, it's not me, it's part of a pattern or a story, so I watch and let it go, but then a the place too where it's important to voice, I feel angry, in this relationship in order to shift or move or name something that, um, so is the, the idea is, let the anger pass away before naming it so that it's not named at that place of reactivity? Yeah, so again, there's this differentiation that's often made between reaction and response. And so, so reaction, it can be a lashing back, and it perpetuates the suffering, you know. Something felt hurtful to me, I hurt back. And that just, you know, that's just the the flowing on of samsara, flowing on of suffering. But when we have this space of, um, of mindfulness and we're able to, to give that, uh, that space for the arising of anger to be known, even if the energy of anger is still there, You know if we we can make a skillful response especially when we have some training you know um, nonviolent communication uh, you know that you know what you said just a moment ago um, felt harsh to me or you know just saying in some skillful way that doesn't hurt back but gives voice I think we need to speak the truth of our experience we need to speak the truth in our significant relationships we need to speak the truth in the world and um, and yet how can we do that that's not just uh, a blaming you know creating more division separation and so on so um, uh, uh, there's a there's a uh, a line from uh, spoken by Saint Paul, uh, which is one of my favorite. Um, speak the truth in love. Uh, so, um, speak the truth in love. So, so, so can we do that? Can we combine love and truth speaking in the way that we respond? When you were talking about creating a story, um, can you create a positive story around something negative and and maybe falsely comfort yourself? Is that a way of slamming the door, or even if it's just how things unfolded? Yeah. So, uh, so that's that's uh, that's an interesting question because. Um, there are different different ways of working skillfully with um, a difficult set of conditions that arise that you know we're we're having emotional reaction to. Um, so so opening to the emotion and and seeing its impermanent nature is at the heart of insight practice. And, in, and it is in the service of, of uh, the development of wisdom and equanimity and liberation. Telling a skillful story, or a, not, maybe a, a more positive story, is, I think is what you said, um, can be just another story, but there's also a possibility, and Thich Han talks about this, about, you know, of bringing in wise reflection that, that helps us to understand that maybe we can, um, you know, if somebody, for example, says something harsh to us and, and, and there's a reactivity, so feeling the emotion is a very important part of it. But also, wise reflection could be, you know, I wonder if something's happening with this person. You know, they don't usually act like this, you know maybe, maybe they haven't slept well, maybe something's going on in their home, you know, maybe they're feeling abilities, so so. Uh, bringing some empathy some understanding can help us to uh, to have compassion instead of reaction so so this compassion is an opening it's a it's a taking away of this s- sense of separateness that we feel when we feel assaulted and we want to close up in ourselves and you know and feel we feel attacked or something so is that kind of in line with what you were thinking? Sometimes uh, I can um, fairly rapidly get through to recognition and acceptance but not before a physiological reaction has happened and (coughs) my body is flooded with adrenaline or other chemicals that uh, sometimes take 24 hours to work their way through the system Mm -hmm. So that's my current frustration <laughs> is that I, I can <clears throat> be at that stage of understanding what happened and, and, and accepting, and perhaps even moving into the investigation, I'm stuck with these bloody chemicals <laughs> that are making me miserable for mm-hmm. uh, for 24 hours Yeah. Um, and I would love to get to the point where I can really catch it before the, the biochemical response mm-hmm. gets true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so that's, uh, that's something that happens in the body It's a fear reaction, fight or flight kind of thing um, And so we feel it, you know, we feel it in the body And um, uh, it's, we can just be with it, observe it Sometimes vigorous exercise can can help, you know, either running or dancing. Dancing, you know, uh, brings up endorphins and running does too, mm-hmm. you know, so, uh, so these can maybe balance, find, bring balance in the body. Okay, so let's sit. If you want to take a minute to stand up to stretch you can do that